Okay, kids, here we go. All right, we have some homeless people here in Portland, Oregon, and it's not a nice thing, and I've tried to help a couple of times. The other day I was over here off of MLK over towards uh, Broadway, and some fellas, they uh, were camped on the side of the road, and I had... Uh, Seen on Twitter feed the homeless guys there, and I tried to help them, and I sent a couple of little notes to them, and they kind of caught their attention. One of their, I would imagine, uh, one of these children who's uh, what do you call him, uh, an indentured servant against his will, so he's suffering from uh, what's better known as Stockholm syndrome, and he feels sympathy for these monsters who run the the press corps, so, uh, you know, that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, so. So anyways, I'm over here at these, I'm just wheeling around, just breezing around, trying to cool down, and I come across these homeless guys in my large American automobile, and, and by golly, I jump out, and I'm thinking, well, you know, I'll get a picture of them. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get them to smile, you know, I'll give them a cigarette, whatever. But they don't want cigarettes. They just want me to leave. See, I tried to explain to them I was trying to gather some information for these people back east to where they have all this money and resources that they need to spread around and need some help because they're always in the office, right? So now that they're in the office, well, you know, that's where they're at and they don't get out and see the, the folks out there on the street, right? So I stop and I... And I asked him, you know, I asked him, can I take you guys' picture? Because, you know, they were scruffy. I mean, they was classic homeless guys, you know. And they started yelling at me like I'm trying to get them arrested or something. And this is what's going on with these guys. See, they're off their meds or something. Well, a lot of them, you know, they should probably never even been diagnosed. They need to go in and have a blood draw and put them in a 72-hour hold and and then uh, analyze their drugs or the blood to see what's going on in there because, you know, some of them, you know, eating drywall or something, I don't know, you know, you know tell them what the guy's been ingesting or sticking in his arm. And this is what's going on. And they, they, then they, you know, food and stuff, but, uh, you know, top ramen rules out there on the street, I guess, you know, so. <coughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. But they don't seem to be wanting to help these people, and they just make some noises in the press corps and all this and all this corporate nonsense about how they love us and all this. They don't love us. They don't love us at all. No, I have a solution here, and it, it's a pretty good one, I suspect, but I don't, I don't know really who's going to take me seriously. But, you know, we have this Portland... PDX right here, the airport right here, and there's all this land around the place, and I don't know who it's owned by, but it seems to be empty, and it's not really buildable, and it's just kind of there right next to the airport, and, uh, you know, we could take, like, these little tough shed type things, you know, and put a little, little, little cot in there, you know, if you wanted to, you could put his own bed if you wanted to buy it, you know, or something like this, and, See, he could do these things, and um, 
Then we could put a futon in there and a little wash basin with a little little uh, tub of water, fresh water in the waste bucket on the other side. And then, uh, you know, a, a, what do you call it thing? A chamber pot so we could take it over to the main toilet and throw it in there when it gets fuller or stinky or whatever, you know. Whatever's going on there, you know, he gets too many lizards in there, whatever's going on, you know. He's growing his ant farm in there. You know, guys do strange things when they're out by themselves, and they don't really do it when they're out there in public, you know. And so, you know, that's the thing to do, and just put it out there, and, you know, there wouldn't be any shortage of people who would want to police the thing. I mean, for God's sakes, look at the moral majority, you know, and Jerry Falwell and, and Nita Hill and all these crazy people that scream at us on the televisions, you know. So, you know, they'd all be more than happy to walk around. They think they'd be doing their Christian duty, which absolutely has nothing to do with being a Christian, but so that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. So anyways, uh, I don't like religion, nor do I like politics. See, I like to help homeless people, but there's a lot of politics involved in it. So, And there's lots of red tape and meetings and all this stuff. But I'll tell you what, there's this kid over here, in uh, Portland, uh, Oregon, here, and her name's Joanne. She's an African American or a Native American or something. I don't know, but she's really black and she's got dreads and she's a really cute kid and she's really smart and she's getting them really good, man, because she's black, you know, she's got the dreads. And uh, see, I, I send a couple of emails, so um, to, I guess the interns pick them up and then they yell at me back. And I'm, they're calling the police instantly because, you know, I sent Joanne an email to. You know, maybe get her attention to just at least a look at this, you know. Because there is one right there already out there. It's out by Salty's on the Bay. No, it's not Salty's on the Bay. It's a it's a little clam chowder place. I forget what it's called. Here, I'll look it up. No, wait, I don't know. But there's one right there. There's a jail right behind it, too. I made a big issue on some Twitter and some Facebook, and then they got all fussy. and So I just dumped those things and more of that so yeah that's about it there yeah yeah joanne and uh you know um it's like a little tough shed you know but there's already one out there and it runs like a top i guess uh, i'm yeah just go to the uh to the seafood place out there on uh, columbia boulevard that goes past uh the airport and there's this really cool fish house there it's kind of upscale and you know, rodents aren't allowed in there, and neither are hobums or anybody else that might make a scene or even think of making a scene. You're, it's pretty much not, you're not allowed to go in there, you know. So, you know, no, you're not. No, no. This is not an Indian class system here in the United States, but it's starting to look like it to me, you know. I mean, yeah, well, we'll get into that later. That's, you know, so. but anyways, uh, we're just getting started on this thing here, and I, I'm just at, kind of at a loss. I'm just kind of throwing this out here. I haven't done any research on the thing, but we'll get around to it later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, by what authority, what badge do I have? Well, motherfucker. Oh, jeez. I, I no, I've been playing GTA 5 with the kids too much, I see. Well, um, yeah. Well, look here. I was 15 years homeless, I see. Like, uh, I was thrown out on the street by my parents for my 18th birthday, see. I'm a man. I got $20 in my pocket. Here's your jeans. Get the fuck out of my house. And they said, and I wasn't allowed to go back. But, you know, 10 minutes later, they wanted, they're sad and they're mad at themselves. So they, they want to 
have me come back right now, you know. So this is never going to end, but, you know, until they're gone. And they're pretty close to passing, and, oh, boy, am I thankful for that, boy. Because they are double trouble there, the two of them. They, they've been married for well over 60 years. They hate each other, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, so what is getting back to the homeless? Yeah, I was homeless for uh, 15 years. My dad threw me out. And then, um, so I was homeless until I found Susie over here. I think it was about that. Yeah, you know, something like that. And, you know, there was an apartment in between it or something like this. Maybe six months of school or something. I don't know. But, it, you know, it's been sporadic because there's never any employment. I've seen. I'm from the Emerald Triangle. No, I'm from the 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 head cheese house of the lady of the house of the Emerald Triangle lives here, and I'm a, I'm basically her servant when I'm there, and I have to do what she says. And she says go out there and get drunk on the street and raise hell. Well, then that's what I got to do, you know. Cause that's what we did when we had to pass these laws for the marijuana and stuff. We just kind of stood down and said, "Yeah, no, man, we ain't doing nothing." We're going to go get some micro-brews and some hoagies and lay around, maybe go shoot some guns there, but <laughs> we ain't going to do nothing, man. we got money right here. What the hell? I want to go, go, go labor in some mill, you know? Yeah. So, but the mill work is just really sporadic, and that was why I was... And there's other things like landscape, but it's really sporadic. And So I was homeless a lot because, you know, the guys, they go, well, you know, you got to have first, last, and security deposit, and you're just scraping by on 20 bucks a day after your expenses... You know, when you're mowing lawns or something like this. So, so this is, they're monsters is what I've decided. And we'll get into that later. But um, but the monsters have monster-sized the entire planet, apparently. And we're leaving the homeless people outside. Now, I know that the guys are corporate in a lot of this. But you see, you're a human being. And we care about each other just the same. And these are human beings, well, as they've police records and the drugs and all there's all this craziness but you see they shouldn't be allowed around these other individuals like our kids seeing them on the side of the road this is not good it's not healthy at all and um, we should do something about it but that's what i'm going to say here and like i said you know pdx i'm sure you have google earth and know how to type in the browser bar pdx so you can do that and um but there's all this land out there. And, oh, yeah, I was going to get to Oh, yeah, so go to Home Depot. You know, the giant orange monstrosity of corporate yuppie-dum. Yeah, all the corporate robots are fighting to be human beings. But the the corporate logo is sucking them in, you know, they're marching around, telling everybody how stupid they are and all this. Right? Well, so that's what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, so what was it? Oh, yeah, the tough sheds, the tough sheds. You can see it on the T-U-F-F, two Fs, tough shed. It's just a little outhouse where you're supposed to be able to park your lawnmower and, you know, your gardening tools. But you see they make them custom-made, too. So, yeah. Yeah, a little futon and a sink and a and a mini fridge, and you know, turn them loose. You know, they buzz around, the guy's happy. It's a tiny little house, it's his. That's the most important thing, see, right there, is that it's his. See, it doesn't have to be big, it doesn't have to be anything, but see, it's his. He he has a door. See, he can tell you, no, my house, you get out of here. I'm the boss in here. 
See, this works. It works really, really good. And it's this is the way to do it. See, you got to get them off the street because they're all suffering from PTSD, number one, if they've been out there for more than a year. They're, it's bad, too. And, you know, I used to scream when I get frustrated because I had it so bad. I, you know, I'd lose my keys and I'd just start screaming like somebody stole them. And so uh, it's hilarious, man. And uh, But I'm a lot better now and I'm feeling great. And I'm at zero, zero viral load and I do have AIDS. And, uh, yeah, it's on my... So I think somebody poked me with a dirty needle is what happened. But anyways... Long story, but yeah, 87, zero viral load, new meds, everything's great. No girls, nothing. I don't chase girls, no way. Nope, no chasing girls. They like kitty cats, you know. It's like mama kitty cat sitting up there on top of the fridge, and she's she's looking over a little flock of three or four little ones buzzing around, and in, in comes Blackie Niner, you know. He wants it right now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, junkyard cat live over there, but... 15 pounds of muscle, you know, black as the night. Only see him when he opens his eyes, right? So, <laughs> yeah, he bit me on the nose. Well, and long story, we'll get back to that one. Anyways, um, yeah, but mom kept sitting up there and she, she told him, no, you don't, no, you, when Black United comes in, man, no, you come over here and sit in the corner with me, I'll stand in front of you, you know, this kind of thing. So that's the way girls are, so. You know, I don't chase girls, so that's the way it goes, kids. So they kind of come to you. If you just be gentle, the black united just lay down. The other girls the in the in the little tribe of kitty cats in the house, well, they come over and play with them. But, gee, he wants to eat their food and yell at them. Their house is not straight enough. This is not good enough. This is not right. You do this, you do that. Left, right, here, stop here, turn here, do this, do that. That's black united. He's about as he's about as smart as a rock, you know, a pebble in the driveway. That's about how smart he is. And anyways, but he's a pretty good hunter, I guess. So in fact, you know, live in the junkyard. There's an old auto parts recycler right next to the house there. And um that's where he lived most of the time. The rats everywhere. So he fat like a dog. Just a big fat cat. But anyways, um what were we saying? Oh, uh, let me think I have to remember now. Thinking about Black United and thinking about laughing, what a dork he is. So, um, <clears throat> let me see here. Let me see. Oh, yeah. Homeless kids, yeah. Tough sheds, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was getting around to that. Yeah. All right. Here it is. Are you ready? Now, get at, get at your stenographer there with his bony little fingers and his big googly eyes and his ugly white hair now. Okay. You ready to go? All right. All right, there's three, maybe four mega churches here, right here in Vancouver, Washington, where we're at. Now, do you know what a mega church is? Well, it has more than 2,000 members who are actual members. That's not counting their kids, I don't think. I don't know how they do this. But, um, yeah, there's three, maybe four of them. And no, um, no, John Bishop has absolutely nothing to do with me. Not once, not ever. No, Michelle, either. none of them, no, I, no. I'd go to the one. No, no absolutely not. Um, uh, but anyways, see if someone could organize it inside of these mega churches and say, you know what? Look, guys, you're all you're all blue collar workers for the most part, and there's some you know some good guys here who are white collar workers, 
who have construction skills that they learned while they were in college or whatnot, and they're you know going you know earning some money when they were young. So what we're going to do is we're going to get volunteers and we're going to build these things. And you see, if we bought all, you know, we get the stuff wholesale, of course, right, you know, same price as, you know, the lumber yard. And then, and then, because, you know, we're contractors and buy them that cheap. And um, so, you know, throw them all together and just put them out there. I mean, what the heck do we got to do about it, you know? So that's the way it goes, kids. You know, volunteers, three megachurches. How many, you know, well, what do you got to do? Get get security to do it. Get Mutt and Jeff, the security guards, with a brain the size of a of a uh, cat eye marble that's hung up with uh, uh, springs. You know, like watch springs is held in there. You know, like three hundred sixty degrees, so it doesn't like slap against his noggin when he when he gets excited and jumps around at the side of a. Uh, 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 a hustler magazine spread and fold, you know. So this is why we can't have this stuff anymore. Because you know he's he's our eyes and ears, and he's not very smart, but he'll tattle if he sees something naughty. Because it's it's important to be good when you're mentally retarded, and that's okay. Because see, then the big people like me and mom and everybody else see we can keep an eye on you, help you do your job better, make it easier, and get you more money, more money, right? Right. See, see, because. We don't like these guys hanging around because they scare the tourists away too. You know, we're having some problems over in the in the park blocks over here in, in Portland, over here by my church. Yes, sir. St. Peter's is right next to that uh, that uh, art museum there. No, it says this museum. I don't know. Um, I don't know what it's a museum or a display place or what. I don't know. But both of them, anyways. Yeah, it's really cool and I like it there. But I don't like your Fred Meyer. Thing. I want I want to take an angle grain. No, yeah, an angle grain. Yeah, the one you cut the uh, steel with. I want to take it over and grind Fred Meyer off of that rock you put in there. Kind of pissed me off going all corporate yuppie shit with this. I mean, come on. We're supposed to be troglodytes and hippies and stuff like this and artists, not not to, not corporate monsters. Anonymous, generic, no name, no face. No telephone number, no identity, no nothing. This little name tag that says Fred Meyer on it, okay? They're all the same now, you little monsters. We'll get into that later, all right? So you're happy now, see? You're totally anonymous. Nobody's going to bother you on the internet. Nobody's going to call you on the phone. Nobody's going to say hello to you. Nobody's going to say goodbye. Do your work, shut your mouth, and go away. K-Y-B-F-M-S. That's right. That's what the monk used to tell me. The monk was the guy. He's from Lolita. He was a farmer boy, and he drank a lot. And he got in a lot of trouble because he's a little guy, and he's blonde, and everybody's always picking on him about his blonde hair and being little, so he got in fights when he got drunk. See, he stopped drinking, and he started to eat, and he'd scream things like, pack it full and stuff like this. Beautiful man, full of love. Little girls bouncing on his meat during these meetings and stuff like this. And he was a real man. He was a farmer. See, so we're supposed to be like the monk. We're supposed to be like the monk. Full of love, looking out for others. But you don't. You're a corporate robot. And we have 
people out on the street and we need to take care of them. You know, there's there's some human beings left in the in the corporate ranks, but not many. I myself consider myself a human, for I am human, but I am above human, I figure by now, because you see, I have to work for guys like Captain Worf. We'll say Captain Worf, okay. Because little-minded monsters with tiny little marbles for brains, well, you see, they know who Captain Worf is, don't they? Yeah, and it's fun, too, because Captain Worf will protect them, of course he will. You know, and when the Ferengi, who is the fearless leader of the uh, the corporate robot, you know, when he gets a little too frisky, well, you know, he kind of taught me a couple things on how to round him up and, you know, keep him from hurting people. That's about as I, all I can do, so... But anyways, I'm getting tired, and this is my first podcast, so I'm pretty sure we're going to get into it pretty heavily here in a bit, so I'm going to try to go to sleep now. i got to clean up, get ready for tomorrow before I lay down, so got to go now. Bye now.